Hello everyone and welcome to Christ Fellowship Online. My name is Jeannie Rodriguez and I want to thank you so much for joining us. If this is your first time, I want to invite you to pause the broadcast and fill out a connection card at cfmemi.org connect. This will help us connect with you and know how we can best serve you during this season. And now, a special message by Pastor Omar. For from him and through him and for him are all things. To him be the what? Glory. The glory forever. Amen. And 1 Corinthians says this. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, you do it for the for the glory of God. That is the word of the Lord. You can go ahead and take a seat, everyone. And let me start up right there. Let me start up the teaching by sharing a story with you. Uh, you know, to so begin with, after a long day of ministry, I like to come home, like everyone here probably, and just relax, right? And so after I help Ashley with all the dishes and I do anything that needs to be done, my favorite thing to do to relax and unwind, right, is to lay on the couch and watch old reruns. Old reruns. I love old reruns. And my favorite show to watch when I'm doing this has to be Seinfeld. In fact, how many, how many Seinfeld fans by show of hands at all campuses? Yeah, many Seinfeld fans. Many, listen, I, I've seen, since I was a little boy, I've been watching the show. I've seen every episode easy to between 15 and 20 times. I could, man, memorize, I've memorized um, the whole scenes. I could do trivia. So I love this show. But folks, the reason that so many people love this show just like me is because Jerry Seinfeld is a master at highlighting experiences that we all go through. In fact, there is an episode, right, where George Costanza, who is Jerry's childhood friend, is tired of where his life was going. And so he quits that job. He quits the job that he has. And now he's thinking, what, what is his next role? What's the next job? But this time around, he just doesn't want just any job that just pays the bill. But rather, this time around, he wants to find a job that where he can find his ultimate purpose in life. And so there's a classic scene in that episode, all right, where Jesus, well, Jesus, where George is sitting down with Jerry, saying Jesus, where George is sitting down with Jerry in his apartment, and they're just talking through what is George's next step and what, where, where could he find his purpose. In fact, take a look at this video. I like sports. I could do something in sports. Uh-huh, uh-huh. In what capacity? You know, like the general manager of a baseball team. Yeah, well, that, that can be tough to get. Well, it doesn't even have to be the general manager. Maybe I could be like an announcer, like a color man. Well, you know, they tend to give those jobs to ex-ball players and people that are, you know, in broadcasting. <laughs> Okay, okay. What else do you like? Movies. I like to watch movies. Projectionists. That's true. But you gotta know how to work the projector. Right. <laughs> okay, sports, movies. What about a talk show host? Talk show host, that's good. <laughs> I think I'd be good at that. I talk to people all the time. 
Someone even told me once they thought I'd be a good talk show host. Really? Yeah, a couple of people. <laughs> How do you get that, though? Where do you start? Well, that's where it gets tricky. You can't just walk into a building and say, I want to be a talk show host. I wouldn't think so. <laughs> it's all politics. <laughs> Funny scene, right? Well, family, let me just bring that over to our teaching for today, all right? Because the reason that we all laugh and we chuckle at that specific scene is because to a certain extent, we can all relate to George, right? I think there's been, you know, all of us at some point in our life, we've asked ourselves that question of what is our ultimate purpose in life? And truth be known is that that whole process could be very stressful and confusing. Why? Because you really don't know. You don't know if you're, if you're fulfilling your purpose in life or if you're simply just wasting your life away. But folks, listen, that is not the way that God designed it. See, God did not design it for it to be a confusing, stressful uh, process for you to find your purpose in life and kind of be ambiguous. But rather, it's quite the opposite. Because your heavenly Father has created you with a very simple purpose in life that doesn't change through the different seasons of life. In fact, the big idea for today, all right, is that God has a simple purpose for your life. Now, you may be sitting at one of our campuses and you may be asking yourself, well, pastor, what exactly is my simple purpose in life? And how do I know if I'm fulfilling that simple purpose? We're going to find out from Romans chapter 11. All right, so if you have your Bibles, turn to Romans chapter 11. And you can follow along in our listening guides and also in the apps, the verse and the fill in the blanks. And so if you don't have your app, make sure you download those apps. It's terrific. And so with with that in mind, I have three thoughts for you today about how you can find your simple purpose in life. And here's point number one, which is a very foundational point. All right, here's point number one. All things find their purpose in Christ. All things find their purpose in Christ. Now, before we dive into the passage, let me just give us a quick overview of where we are in Scripture. Because the verse that we'll be looking at today is found in the book of Romans. And this book is divided into two major sections, right? The first major section deals deals with the theological concepts, right? The theology. And the second half of that book deals with how to live practically in our everyday life in light of that theology. And so this verse is located right at the end of the first half of the theological part. But here's what's amazing. Here's what's amazing. Before Paul goes into how to practically live our lives, he wants to remind us what our purpose is in order to create a framework in our mind that shapes everything we do. And so with that in mind, listen to what the Apostle Paul tells us in Romans chapter 11, verse 36. And this speaking of Jesus. It says, Now for from him and through him and for him are, are what? All things are all things. The family, just look at that verse for a quick moment. Because that is a powerful declaration of the relationship of all things to Christ. 
And family, this is really important for us because before we find our purpose in life, we need to understand where all things originate from. Why? Because where all things originate from, in, 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 in that person, in, in him, they find their purpose. And so if you're taking notes, listen, the Apostle Paul here is making explicitly clear that all things originate from Christ. So if you're taking notes, small letter A, all things are created by Christ. All things are created by Christ. In fact, listen to how the Apostle Paul further expands on this in another part of the Bible in Colossians chapter 1. Listen to what he says about Jesus himself. He says this, For in him, for in Jesus, all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things by, have been created by him, by Jesus, and for him. And so, family, listen, Paul here is working really hard at readjusting our view of our Lord. Because maybe you're here and you're not a believer yet in Christ, right? You're, you don't have a relationship with God. You're just kind of coming to check things out. Or maybe you are a believer, but you're early on, so you're starting to grow in your relationship with Christ and learning different things. And maybe your perspective of who Jesus is is that he was just a man who lived 2,000 years ago, uh, that he did good things, he healed people, he loved people, and eventually died on a cross. And folks, even though all of that is true, he is much, much, much more than that, because these passages show that Jesus himself is the creator of all things. See, some of us may think that it was God the Father who created all things, who spoke the world into existence, but Paul is showing us here that it was not, even though the Father was involved in the process of creation, it was actually the Son of God. The second part of the Trinity that spoke the world into existence. Which means that everything you have ever laid your eyes on, Jesus himself not only envisioned it, not only did he engineered it, but he created all things by the word of his power. And family, listen, Jesus here did not only create all things, but get this, he created all things for himself, for his purpose. In fact, if you're taking notes, small letter B, all things were created for Christ. All things were created for Christ. Let's go back to the verse and see what it says. It says, now for from him and through him and what? What's the next word? For. Say it louder. For him are all things. Now, family, in your handout or in your Bible or in your, in your, in, or in your app, just, just circle the word for. Just, just mark the word for. Because even though that word for, it's such a small little word, it has massive implications for us today. It has massive implications because Paul here is making it clear 
that all things that have been created serve the purpose of Christ, serve, serve Him. And folks, we cannot underestimate the importance of this truth in our everyday life. Because if, in fact, Christ did create all things, then only in Him could they find their purpose. And any attempt to find our purpose outside of our Creator is a futile endeavor. And can I tell you that the reason that so many people, all right, they go from relationship to relationship, from a job to a job, from a career to a career, and from even a hobby to a hobby, and never find their purpose in life is because they never stop and bother to look up to their creator. And so they, go, they live their life frustrated because they can never truly find their purpose. And so the natural question then is, so pastor, what is the simple purpose that all things were created for? Well, here's what you need to know, big number two, all right? The simple purpose of all things is to glorify Christ, Amen. is to glorify the Lord. In fact, let's go back to the verse. Notice it says, now for from him and through him and for him are all things. To him be the what? Glory. The glory Forever. Now, folks, notice that phrase, to, to him be the glory forever. Because here is where we find the purpose of all things. You see, every single bird, every single sparrow in the West Coast, or every single palm tree that is swaying in the Caribbean, or every single raindrop in the obscure China forest, Every zebra that is grazing grass right at this moment in the African plain, every single star that is burning away in a distant galaxy, and every single person, including yourself, have been created for the glory of Christ. Of glory of Christ. In fact, listen to what the Lord tells us about you and me specifically. In the book of Isaiah, listen to what he says about our purpose. He says, bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the ends of the earth. Everyone who is called by my name, whom I created for what? My glory, whom I formed and made. And folks, can I tell you, I love this passage because you can hear the love and the tenderness of God and the fact that he formed you and that he made you and he made you with one purpose in mind and that is to bring glory to him. And so as we seek, seek to simplify our lives this upcoming year, especially as we embark in this series, especially when it comes to our purpose, we really need to shift our mentality about how we think about our purpose. You know, we need to stop thinking about us as having individual purposes in life and embrace the truth, the reality that we all have the exact same purpose, which is to glorify our maker. 
See, many of us spend our time like George Costanza from Seinfeld. We go back and forth and what's my purpose? What's my job? What's my next step in life? And just simply, simply feeling frustrated. But don't miss this. Because even though God calls us to different seasons in our life and different roles in our life, our purpose remains the same, to glorify him. See, from the day that you were born to the day that you die, your purpose never changes. In fact, if you're taking notes, small letter A, in every stage of life, your simple purpose remains the same. Remains the same. So family, to help us better understand it, let me show you something visually to maybe help you capture it better. I'm going to call out some friends out here right now. Come on out. There we go. You guys give it up for them. They're always so good sports. Awesome. So hopefully this helps you visualize this better. You know, here in life, you know, we have different stages of life. We have a student, you know, high school, college, and we have different professions. We have a mom, right, parenting. We have different things, business person, even grandparents, right, when we retire and we're in that stage of life. So it's a good representation of different stages in life and different things that we do, different purposes. And so here's what usually happens, family. Here's what usually happens. From the world's perspective, when they look at these people, right, everyone here, they see them with different purposes, right? And if you're here at one of our campuses and you see something that you would like, here's the way that we tend, tend to think. Man, if only I could be a nurse, if only I could have the profession, then I feel like I'll, I'll find my purpose and I'll be able to help people. Or if I'm able, ever able to be a mom or a dad and have little ones, then I'll find my purpose. I'll be able to raise kids and I'll find my purpose then. Or maybe if I could ever just even start that business and establish myself, then I've, I'll feel like I've, I've found my purpose. And so many times we just see each other, we look at each other as if there was different purposes. But here is the good news, is that when God looks at us and looks at them, he doesn't see them with different purposes, but rather he sees them with one purpose, and that is to glorify Christ. So here's what I mean. You know, his purpose right here is not to be a student, is not to go on to college with a career. His purpose is to glorify Christ through being a student. Her purpose in life is not to be a nurse. Her purpose in life is to glorify her maker through being a nurse. Her purpose in life is not to be a mom, is not to raise children, but her purpose in life is to glorify the Lord who saved her. In fact, all of our purposes in life, right, here, listen, it's all the same. It's all to glorify the Lord. And family, I just want to make this even more personal for myself. Because my purpose in life is not to be a pastor. 
not to be a pastor. My purpose is the same as yours, to glorify God. And you know why this is important? Because there was a time in my life that I was not a pastor. When I was growing up in my youth, listen, I was still glorifying Christ in a different way. In this season in my life, guess what? I'm glorifying Christ through serving you as a pastor. And then there's going to be a point in my life where I retire from the pastorate, and even though I'm going to be serving God in a different capacity, I'm still going to be glorifying Christ with my family, with my children, with my grandchildren. So, folks, we really need to embrace the fact that we all have the same simple purpose. Amen? Amen. Amen. Family, God, give it up for them. You guys are awesome. Folks, as they step out of the stage, you know, can I tell you, man, how encouraging and relieving this is for us? Because I've had to counsel so many people that have approached me because they're so bummed out about life. They're so discouraged. You know, this relationship didn't go as planned. I didn't get that job. You know, I didn't get to that school. You know, I didn't get the career I wanted. You know, I didn't have children. And so... They, they just feel bummed out because they feel their life is wasting away and it's passing them by. But folks, here's what's amazing. It doesn't matter what doors opens up for you or closes or wherever this life takes you, you can still fulfill your purpose in life, which is to glorify the God who created you. You know, this is why the Apostle Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians, he says, so whether you eat or whether you drink or whatever you do, you do it all for the glory of God. And see, wherever this life leads you, the critical question is not what you do. The critical question is why you do it. It's not what you do, it's why you do it. In fact, let's, can we say it together, all right? Let's say it together. I'm going to say it's not what you do, and you say it's why you do it. Can we do that? Yeah? Can we do it? Okay. It's not what you do is? Why do? One more time. It's not what you do is? Why do? There we go. You're getting it. In fact, jot that down as small letter B because it's so critical for us to uh, internalize this. It's not what you do, right? It's your mindset. It's why you do it, whatever you do. Now, at this point, you know, as we hear this concept of glorifying God and, and, and walking in, in obedience and all that, many of us, especially if you've been walking with the Lord for a very long time, we may be very familiar with the thought that we exist to glorify God. In fact, we said amen, right? We affirm that. And not only that, but we even sing songs about it. Right? Glory to God, right? Glory to God. And we sing songs and we close our eyes and we raise our hands in worship. We go on social media, we make a post, glory to God, right? And even in prayer, right? We wanna now we wanna really emphasize something. We say, glory to God, right? Praise be to God, right? But here's the thing: even though a lot of us you know affirm that in our minds, we know it's right. If we, if we had a coworker or a friend, or let's just say a neighbor, right? The neighbor comes out, you're in the front line, 
he's in the front lawn, and he sees your Christ Fellowship yard sign. He walks all over and says, hey, man, can I just talk to you for a second? I've heard this thing, the glory of God, the glory of God. I keep hearing the glory of God, and I hear Christians say, you know, glorifying God, glorifying God. Could you help me understand? Can you explain what is the glory of God and what does it mean to glorify God? And I think it's in those moments that we, I think, struggle to verbalize what the glory of God is and what it means to glorify. And that's that's when we get those awkward silences, you know, that you're trying to process and just time is ticking and you don't know what to say. But listen, in order to minimize those awkward moments for us, those awkward silences, let me just make sure and help us understand fully what it means what the glory of God means, and what it, mean, what it means to glorify the Lord. You know, we have learned here at Christ Fellowship that the glory of God are his attributes, right? His, his love, his mercy, his power, uh, his sovereignty, his holiness, and that is absolutely true, okay? However, I want to take that a step further today. Because the glory of God is not just simply his attributes, but the glory of God is really the revelation of his attributes, the revelation of who he is. In fact, in your handout or in your Bibles, circle the word glory. Circle the word glory. You know, we circled four before, now we're circling glory. Now, the word glory in the original Greek text, you know, the Bible was first written in Greek and Hebrew and then translated into different languages. The word here for glory is a very simple word, and it's a word doxa, doxa. In fact, can we all say doxa together? Doxa, doxa. The word doxa, one of its basic definitions is simply brightness or splendor. That's what the doxa of God is, the, the brightness, the revelation, the splendor. And so, therefore, the glory of God is not only the, it's not only the character of God and, and his attributes, but it's really the revelation, the splendor, the, the brightness of who God is, the revelation of who, of who God is. And so if that is the glory of God, right, his character and his revelation, then we glorify God, we glorify God when we further reflect who he is when we reflect his character. And so, for example, since God is a loving God, that's one of his attributes, love, we glorify God when we love other people with the love that God has for us. You see that? We're reflecting, we're reflecting the character of God. We're glorifying God. Because God is a forgiving God, then you and I, we glorify God When we forgive other people, even though it may be hard, but when we forgive other people just with the forgiveness that he's forgiven you. You know, since God is, which means that whatever stage of life you're in, in whatever job or role you, you find yourself in, you can glorify your maker by reflecting his character with your words, the way you carry yourself, your thoughts, your intentions, and everything you do. Now, as we, as a church, seek out to glorify God in our daily life, 
I want to be sure also that we're doing it with the right mindset, okay, with the right mindset. Because I've heard many people at church say this phrase, I want to live a life that brings glory, brings glory to God. In fact, how many, just show of hands, how many have heard that phrase, I want to live lives that bring glory to God? Yeah, it's, it's a common phrase in church. And folks, I know when people say that, it's, you know, it's, it's, they mean well, they, they, they mean no harm. But when I hear that phrase, sometimes I wonder if it leads people to having a, the, the wrong understanding of what it means to, to, to bring glory to God. See, because somewhere along the line, we may tend to think that the more that we are living for him, right, in obedience and, and living righteous lives for him, that we bring or that we add glory to God. And so that the more we live for him, he, he becomes more glorious, right? The more we live for him, he, he, there's more glory for him and he becomes more glorious, Transverse, if, if we don't live those, that, the, right, the right way, we don't live for him, then he gets less glory and he becomes a less glorious God. And so we, we, it's easy for us to tend to think that it's almost like a barometer, right? If the more we live for him, the more glory God has, and the less that we live for him, the less glory he gets, he, he has. And so somewhere along the line, we start th viewing God and his glory like if we're talking about a company like Apple. And so let, let me explain what I mean by that. You know, a couple of weeks ago, I, uh, a couple of months ago, actually, I realized that my phone was already giving out. It was like three or four years old, and the calls were dropping, and the battery wasn't as good anymore. So you know, you know what? I said to myself, let me just get the new one. I, I need a new phone. So I logged onto the computer. I pre-ordered it. I get it in, in, in that specific day it came out, and I open that package, right? And I'm super excited, right? And I open it up, I take the sticker out, connect it, and I'm, you know, really pumped about it. The next day I come to church, right? I'm walking around the church office, and I'm just showing, you know, the other guys, hey, guys, don't check out this new iPhone that just came out yesterday. I'm super excited about it. Look at the facial features and the facial recognition and the, the nice screen. And, and so I, I, I just keep walking down the hall, and I go into Pastor Carlos's office. We all, we all know Pastor Carlos, right? So I say, hey, Carlos, check this out, man. Look, I got a new phone. I'm super excited about it. And he's like, man, don't even show me no, I don't need no new phone. Man, I, I got a goodie, an oldie but a goodie. So I just needed to make a call and send a text. That's all I need. I don't need to spend more money. So thanks, man, but enjoy it. And you know what? I just kept talking about it. And about a week later, Carlos, show, show me what you have now. Show me what you have. There you go. There you go. Show me what you have. There you go. All right, all right. In fact, he got the bigger one. I got the small one. He got the bigger one, right? So you see him walking around with a big, with a big phone around. But anyway, so here's what I learned during the whole process. That the more Apple's customers talk about their phone, take pictures, make long lines waiting for you know what? Apple becomes more glorious, more, more worth for that company, right? But conversely, right, if no one made those lines for the phones and no one cared about it and no one used them, you know what? It would just be a little, a little tech company that no one would care. And folks, you know where I'm going with this. You know, we, we take that same mentality when it comes to the glory of God. But here's the problem with that way of thinking. Unlike Apple, our Lord is infinitely glorious. Amen. Amen. Listen, God is infinitely glorious, and here's the truth. 
There's nothing that you can do that makes them more glorious, and there's nothing that you can do to make them less glorious. And so, in fact, if you're taking notes, small letter A, we don't glorify God by adding glory to God. But instead, your purpose is to be a mirror of his character, a mirror of the glory of God. In fact, if you're taking notes, small letter B, you glorify God when you mirror his glory. See, folks, all we can do is reflect who he is. And so let me end with this. We all know what this is, right? It's a mirror. And the simple purpose of this mirror is to reflect, isn't it? In fact, you're looking at me right now at all campuses, and truth be known, you can't even see me. It's being blocked, but all you're seeing is whatever this mirror is reflecting. And folks, what a picture. What a picture of the way that we glorify our God. See, because when people look at the children of God, they should not see them. Instead, they should see what? The character of their Savior. The character of God. Who he is. And they should see his love, his patience, his mercy, his forgiveness, his generosity, everything that God is. That's when they should see when they look at us. And so the question that I would have for you today as we end and we start this new year is ask yourself, all right, ask yourself, what is an area in your life that if we were to look in that specific area in your life, you're not reflecting the character of God? You're not glorifying God. Maybe it's in your marriage. Maybe it's the way you treat your spouse. Perhaps it's uh, a family relationship, something with your children, uh, a a brother, sister, a parent. If they would look to see how you treat your family and your parents, you know, it's an area that they're seeing God. Maybe it's a romantic relationship you're in right now. If they were to see, if we were to see what's happening in that relationship, will we see the holiness of God, the character of God? Perhaps it's what you do on the weekends, you know, who you hang out with, what you do, how you carry yourself, what words you use, where you go. Or maybe it's in your purity. You know, if if we were to look into those secret, private places in your life, well, then we would find the character of God. And so the way I want to end this this teaching today is this. I want to spend some time, give you some time, as we start this brand new year, simply just reflecting. Reflecting. Reflecting on what is that area that you already know. You know, I went through some examples, but you already know that area in your life that you are not honoring and glorifying God. 
And just talk to your Heavenly Father. He loves you. He made you. He's just waiting for you to come and talk to him about that area. And he'll be faithful. Maybe you're here today at one of our campuses, perhaps, and you think to yourself, you know, Pastor, I, I don't know what area of my life I'm not glorifying God, but here's what I would ask you to do. In the next few moments, as we just all bow our heads and just spend some time quietly as a band plays, just ask God, Lord, what is an area of my life that I'm not glorifying you? And you know what? When we come humbly before the Lord, he, he always honors that. He reveals to us those areas that he wants us to work in. And so as the band plays, as the music plays quietly and gently, let this be a time that as you start this new year, man, resolve in your heart to glorify Christ in that area that you know you're, you're not. So go ahead and bat our heads at all campuses, spend some time quietly, and speak to your Lord. And now I'll come back and I'll pray for us and wrap us up. Father, we, we come before you, and we're so grateful that you are a God who, who doesn't leave us in the dark as to what our purpose in life is, but you're very clear, and that's to glorify your Son, to make him known in this world. So my prayer for all of us today at all campuses, I know that we all have different lives and we're in different stages in life. But, Father, I pray that in all of us here, oh, God, that we would commit, that we would resolve in this new year to glorify you in that, those areas in our life that it's often hard to. Father, we make resolutions for things that don't matter, things that don't matter eternally, that, that don't give us any lasting profit. But, Father, the only thing that matters is whether or not we're fulfilling our purpose. So, Father, I pray that as all of us individually, we become little mirrors of your character. Oh, God, that we would then as a church be a big mirror of who you are and collectively show this world the great God that we serve. So, Father, I pray for a special blessing over all of us here at all campuses, my Lord. I pray that you would enable us, my Lord, to, to walk in obedience in a way that honors you, so that we can fulfill our purpose, which is to glorify you. Thank you, God, for your faithfulness. As in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. What a great message by Pastor Omar. If you want to take your next step as a believer, we want to hear about it. Let us know by filling out a connection card at cfmemmy.org connect. We want to thank you so much for joining us, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>